Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Hey, comrades, welcome back. Bill Kasky Podcast, another week. It's Wednesday, so it must be time for another episode. Today, we're going to talk about a code of conduct. You know, the military has a code of conduct. Typically, governmental agencies, most, maybe not, I don't know, have codes of conduct. Uh, Football teams, uh, performers have just the way they move around either the stage or the world or the market. And I think high-achieving sales professionals also should have a code of conduct. And so I've got a handful here. I've got 12. not going to go through all 12. This is part of our High Achiever Mentoring Program. If you have any interest in that, you can go to BillKasky.com. should be a wait list there. We open up this uh, program every 60, 90 days. But this is one of the things that most of the high achievers really like about the program is not only do I teach and instruct and moderate on strategies and tactics, but also how do we conduct ourselves? How do we carry ourselves? And so in this episode, I want to give you three or four, maybe five of these, and I'm going to pick. I've got it up on a uh, easel here beside me, so that's why I'm looking over there. I'm not looking at my director. I'm directing today. So... Number one, the number one element of this is we have to see ourselves as the orchestrator of our own destiny. It is not our company that holds the cards. It is not our customer that holds the cards, our prospect, our spouses, our partners, our bankers. We do. We hold the cards to our own destiny. And as long as we can keep that in our mind, be mindful of that as we move through the marketplace, whether we're prospecting or whether we're, you know, in a presentation meeting or closing meeting, we have to make sure we remind ourselves that we are the orchestrator. We are the ones that are creating our destiny, nobody else. And I know that's hard today because there's a lot of external influences on us, but we've got to be mindful that we are the orchestrator. Number two, I am constantly aware of my role in the buyer-seller dance. And the buyer-seller dance occurs when you first start pursuing a potential client, prospect, customer, and all the things that happen throughout that process. And I want you to have a mission there to help your clients or help the audience get from where they are to where they want to be. So your role is as a guide along that journey for them. You are being asked to walk alongside them because you have value. You know where the speed bumps are, the roadblocks. You know how to get to the vision, their vision, in as quick a time as possible, doing, doing it the right way. And so I like the idea of you redefining your role as a guide. And we've talked about it on this podcast before, but I think we forget and we drop back into sales mode, and you will sell as much as you need if you can put yourself in the guide role, and guides help the, 
help the audience get from where they are to where they want to be. Now, part of that is you need to have tools to determine where they are and where they want to be and what are some of the roadblocks internally that they may have. But that's number two is you've just got to redefine your role in the buyer-seller dance. Number three, we take responsibility for everything that shows up in our life. If we go on a drought where we are 0 for 10, we make 10 proposals, we get zero, it's our responsibility. We can't blame the world, the market, the pandemic, the customer, our, our manager, marketing, bad PowerPoints. No, it's all up to us. Again, if you think about number one, which is where we are the orchestrator of our own destiny, then number three fits very well. I take full responsibility. Jocko Willink talks about this a lot in his book, Extreme Ownership. And extreme ownership is a military metaphor for the business that he does now, the consulting. And that is we each take total responsibility for ourselves. And this is in a world where there's a people are kind of adrift in that area. People look to other people, look to governments, look to look for handouts. They look for help. And I'm all for help. And I think we need help along the way. But it is up to you. Was a Zig Ziglar saying, if it is up to me, if it is to be, it is up to me. So number three, take responsibility for everything. Number four, you do not need to ask for validation. I don't like the idea of testing out hypotheses and making a decision on them before you market test them. So let's say, for example, you decide that you want to do a podcast and you want this podcast to go to a specific group of people. You can analyze and guess and talk to a bunch of people. You can talk to your peers, to your managers, to your spouses, to everybody. And they may all say, no, it won't work. But you have no idea until you test it in the market. So I don't want validation for for my ideas. I want the marketplace to determine whether the idea is valid or not. And I think sometimes what we do is we kind of talk ourselves into something and out of something because we start listening to the noise around us and we're not listening for the signal. The only signal is, will it work in the market? Does our marketplace appreciate that podcast? Do I generate leads from the podcast? Do I have good guests on that podcast? And so rather than expecting to validate something before it occurs, test it out in the market. Give your podcast 90 or whatever it is. Be a LinkedIn campaign, could be a certain approach to cold calling. It could be maybe you're thinking about writing an article and you want to give it away to prospects when you're on the phone with them. Test it out. It's the only way to validate, only way. So I ask for input. I'm okay with input because a lot of times people will have really good ideas on input, but I never ask them if I should do it or not because only the market knows. Only the market knows. Number five. I am in continuous innovation mode. The world is changing quickly. You must innovate. Sometimes you've got to innovate your PowerPoint slides or keynote slides. Sometimes you have to innovate how you make your presentation. You can try new things. Maybe you could have a survey that goes out prior to a presentation where you ask people. Maybe you have, a, like we do, whenever I have a, uh, an event, I've got one coming up here in a couple of weeks, I shoot a video, I have a little survey that goes underneath it. And so the video says, look, I can't wait to meet with you here in a couple of weeks. I would appreciate it as I finalize my curriculum and, and remarks and content for you to answer these two very simple questions. 
and I give them two very simple questions. You could do that. It doesn't cost anything. You've got a website. You've got a phone. You've got a camera. You probably have a tripod sitting around, or you can you can prop up your phone on some kind of books, textbooks that you gave up on 20 years ago. So I always want to be innovating. I always want to be thinking, and especially in the digital world, I think it's useful to say, how can I use digital as a more important part of my sales process? I've got a client who has a web page that has um, a note from him, like a video from him, and it's also got four or five audio and video testimonials on. And so prior to him showing up for a call, he makes the call or he books the appointment, and then he sends them to this page. And this page has his story. It's got a little bit about how the call will go, what kinds of questions he'll ask. And it's also got some testimonials, it, uh, you know, kind of endorsing the character of, of my client. And so by the time you get there, they've watched the testimonials. They probably understand how the call is going to progress. They learn a little bit about you. The rapport is already set. And so that's, a, that's an, an example of how someone can innovate through the use of technology in their sales process. So that's number five. Should I give you one more? Uh, yeah, let's do one more. Number six, bonus. I am proud of the expertise I've accumulated, and I seek to share that expertise with my audience. If your purpose in your business is to help people save money, reduce expenditures, earn money, be happier with their outcomes, whatever, whatever your main purpose is, my question is, can you create content that helps them see what that purpose is? Do you have expertise? Do you have case studies? I'm sure you do. Do they ever make the light of day or are they buried in some folder on your E drive or F drive, or whatever drive. So my thought is, how can you be more um, out there in terms of the content you you share and those testimonials and there, those wins, those stories of people that came to you and they were down and out or they were struggling with a certain part of their business. They brought you in, you helped them. This is what their life is like today. Now, that is a story worth sharing. But if we don't conduct ourselves that way and we don't have that code where we commit, we make a vow to ourselves that we're going to share stories of our clients, then you won't do it. So those are a handful of things that we call the high achiever code of conduct. It doesn't have to be just high achievers. It can be anybody listening. But you VPs of sales and CEOs, check your people. See if they have this code of conduct. Are they sharing stories? Are they in rapid and continuous innovation mode? Are they playing the role of the guide or are they always in sales mode? Don't be in sales mode. Sales mode creates too much resistance. Be the guide. If they don't want to go on the journey with you, find somebody else that does. All right? I'll see you next time. Bye.